Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining our weekly podcast. I'm Robin Lewis, founder and CEO of The Robin Report, uh, which, by the way, is much more than a daily report. It, it, it is a knowledge platform from which we communicate thought leadership on various strategic topics uh, through the daily reports, but also these podcasts and webinars. And hopefully in the future, we'll do more live events. Anyway, so along with our chief strategist, Shelley Cohan, uh, who, by the way, is a professor at FIT and Syracuse University, we welcome you to our weekly podcast. And today's topic is, and by the way, it could not be more timely. The topic is the big, bad I words. <laughs> and Shelley, we might have had inventory problems even without an inflation issue. And we might have had inflation problems without an inventory mess, right? Sure. But with, yeah, but with both happening at the same time and each one together making a horrific one plus one equals three, a negative synergy, right? So that's when the sum of the parts equals more than the whole. And this scary combination heading into the holiday season, I say, oh my God. Oh my gosh is right, Robin. It's such a bizarre condition and I believe unprecedented. Uh, it's, a, it's a combination really made worse by the pandemic and the collapse of the supply chain, also unprecedented event. And just recently, another eye has raised a lot of destruction, especially yeah. for the cities in a wake of its path. Of course, I'm talking about Hurricane Ian. Uh, and it's just terrible from a human perspective and the many lives uh, that have been impacted by that. It's also impacted our economic environment. Supply deliveries were down 60% in Florida because trucks trained were halted in the storm. And the right. logistics network is probably going to be down for at least six to eight weeks. And there's even a broader concern if we kind of take a step back. You know, climate change is really affecting the supply chain in major ways across various transportation networks, railways, trucks, vessels, probably a topic for a whole nother podcast. Yeah, boy, I guess, you know, I guess climate will be a factor on everything in the world going forward, really. And yeah, you're right, Shelley, maybe another podcast topic. But anyway, back to our, our topic today, um, this uh, synergistic combo of the two eyes is totally a complex horror for our retail friends. There are so many variables and what ifs uh, that they have to throw the dice, you know, both online and off. As, as we've said so many times, there is no going back to an old normal, right. like the forecasting process, using benchmarks in last year's hindsight businesses today have to create a totally new normal, kind of out of thin air. Uh, yes, and with some new tools like AI and analytics, but it's still a bigger gamble and now made riskier and facing this holiday season that has already begun. So Shelley, it's, it's really tough to know where to start here. I mean, both of the eyes are going to be different across, you know, product categories and consumer behavior. 
affected during the shutdown. You know, like the new um, work from home model, really was, it changed everything. So, you know, let's start with the whole world not anticipating the tsunami of COVID, which of course hit like a nuclear bomb almost overnight, shutting all non-essential retailers, travel stopped, restaurants stop. Working from home creates a uh, whole new paradigm. In fact, all gathering events like sporting events and air travel stopped. So all of the things people would normally do in that period were drastically altered, right? Absolutely, Robin. And for retail, first of all, there's there, there was the huge shift online. E-commerce was up 23%, as you know, in 2020 and major shifts in consumer consumption. Work from home and spending full-time locked down really boosted sale of home goods, home renovations, video games, electronics, upkeeping the offices, and so forth. Groceries and cooking were up, restaurants were down, casual and sweatsuits were up, business and other apparel categories were down. I mean, honestly, Robin, apparel took the largest hit. It was down 27% in 2020. And department stores, of course, were right behind that down 18%, obviously, because they rely a significant portion of their sales are based on apparel. So on and on, and as night follows day with world economies collapsing, the Fed steps in, fire hoses trillions of dollars into the economy to save numerous industries from really literally going out of business, which would have pushed the US possibly into a depression. But What we do know now, and actually a lot of the economists predicted it at the time, inflation was sure to follow. But here again, it's unprecedented. Inflation, we cannot rely on past normal inflations. Same thing, as we go into the holidays, retailers are going to have a mosaic nightmare across all their categories as they begin to deal with pricing. And just to kind of give you a quick snapshot in the Consumer price index, it just came out um, today. The CPI is up 8.2% for the rolling 12-month period. Food yeah. at home is up over 11%. Apparel is up 5%. Fuel oil is up almost 70%. Gas is up 26%. So here's one that's not great news for holidays. Men's uh, suits and outerwear and women's outerwear, their pricing is up. Men's is up 11% and women's is up 7%. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, and Shelly, you know, so, you know, the long story short, if you will, uh, no new normals yet um, due to never before out of our control events, COVID shutdowns, changing consumer behavior, spending on different things, the supply chain collapse, All of this led to major inventory mistakes, Uh, too much of what consumers don't want and too little of what they do want. Absolutely. I mean, the shift in consumer demand, Rob, and the inventory that was all backlogged in supply chain and the inability to predict the future demand has really led to a major surplus of inventory in the retail environment. And it's barely keeping pace with inflation. So sales were up. 10% 10% in August, um, but the inventory numbers are just staggering. Looking at July month end, which is the most re- recent data that I have, 
um, by the U.S. Census Bureau, of course, is retail inventories are up 20% in July compared to last year. <sighs> Unbelievable. General Unbelievable. merchandise stores, this is, I'm talking about discount dark department stores, their inventories are up over 30%. Wow. Clothing and accessory inventories are up 21% over last year and 6% higher than in Q2. Furniture home electrics up 27% in inventory. So heading into the holiday season, these retailers have a lot of stock. And maybe like you said, maybe it's the wrong stock. And of course, some of those inventories might be up because retailers open more stores or close stores. So that impacts it all. But net, net, we're seriously overstocked. <laughs> and then throw inflation into it. I mean, the cost of everything is going up, as you mentioned. So going into the holidays is a toss up. So even if consumers are excited, right, about a potential non-COVID season and they want to get out and enjoy shopping, you know, spreading the holiday spirit, how much of it, you know, will be dampened uh, by the price of necessities like gas and food. And when they do get online and in the stores, how much sticker shock is going to reduce their spend? Unbelievable. I, I think some of the retailers are already slashing prices in anticipation of that, but also to get rid um, of their overloaded inventory, right? Absolutely. I think the consumer benefits when retailers slash partner uh, prices, but clearly our friends in retail aren't benefited by that from a margin perspective. Um, but I think for consumers, the one wild card is home heating oil. We discussed this briefly in our podcast called There's No Playbook for the Holiday, but fuel prices are up almost 70%, as I mentioned earlier, and that's going to take a bite out of discretionary spending. We've been lucky in the Northeast with weather being warmer, but when that cold front hits and people start turning on their home heating fuel, it's really going to impact that budget. So right. yeah. are spending more on fuel. Gas prices, guess what? They're going up again. They're spending more money on food, not to mention credit card debt, which continues to grow in 2022. I have to bring this up. But get this, Robin, total credit card balances in the U.S., $887 billion. Wow. And this is, in, this is, you know, in the second quarter, and this is from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. That's 6% higher than Q1 of this year. And yeah. the scary part is Americans carried a balance of 54% of all active credit cards account in the first quarter of 2022. So 54% of Americans carried a balance. And the, 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 the consumers just can't pay it off. Rising interest rates are impacting the consumers, making it even more difficult to be able to afford to pay off their credit cards. The average APR now is between 15 and 16%. And new credit card offers are averaging 22%. Nordstrom's ranges from 19 to 26. Macy's is at a, I've never seen it this high that I can remember, 29.7. And Amazon's Visa credit card is between 17 and 25% APR. So the confluence of these dynamics are really going to impact holiday spending. And some retailers are getting in front of these concerns by starting early with holiday, rolled out 10-1 as we know, and price matching from the beginning of the season, October 1st through like December 23rd. 
Oh boy, it's really, it's just, you know, there's no good news. So Shelly, uh, what are some of the forecasts being tossed in the ring? And, um, you know, can you give us a couple examples of retailers who seem to have a handle on this combination of inventory and inflation? And a couple examples, if you have them, of those who are stuck in the muck, so to speak. I will happily review my list with you. Actually, you might be a little surprised with the list that I've compiled. So at the top are companies that did not find themselves with hordes of inventory and lower demand. And the others at the top of the list are ones that have a really high return on assets compared to the industry that they're in. So I always look at return on assets. And now I'm looking at sales and inventory um, balances. So, and let me preface that inventory levels based on the number of channels. So if stores, if stores, if a company closed stores compared to last year, the Indian inventory level level should be lower, right? If they open stores, mm-hmm. all that out there. Anyway, so here's the not so gate. Let's start here. We mentioned a bit of Kohl's in our last podcast. It has 48% more inventory than last year and a sales decline of 8%. And the return on assets is 4.5 compared to the industry at 7.8. So, you know, they're they're a bit of a struggle. On the other side of the coin for department stores is, this might surprise you, Rob, Macy's only has 7% more inventory on current quarter sales of less than 1%. So they have their inventory more in control. And I, I know they closed some stores and that certainly is part of it, but certainly yeah. the return on assets is almost 9%, which is pretty good. Yep. And as you remember, Robin, in the summer during the pandemic, you and I, we were so worried for Macy's that they may not be able to make it through the pandemic. Do you remember that? Yep. 85 of its percent of its revenue just poofed, shut down. And we, you and I were really concerned uh, by that because we, you know, we like Macy's and we want them to succeed. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're just let me jump in one second. You know, they've got um, they've got super people who are really uh, seasoned in analytics and probably more so than most uh, major retailers out there. So they did some correlation uh, using uh, their credit cards and credit card information and all the other data that they have. They somehow worked the inventory down, and um, so so they have that capability. Yeah, anyway, and yeah, you're right. They have great people working. A lot of my friends still work there, so I'm happy mm. to see that they're doing well right now. Um, yep. For discount stores, Walmart and Target, they are well overstocked. They're over thirty to thirty six percent overstocked. But Target is doing slightly better in terms of return on assets at eight compared to Walmart at five point five. With that said, of course, Walmart has a much stronger grocery business, which is going to impact that return on assets number. Yep. Off price is an interesting category. Off price sales are actually down two to four percent, and inventories are up between forty and sixty percent. Return on assets are strong for both TJ Maxx and for Ross, the two leaders in off price, around twelve percent. The biggest problem now, which is really interesting for all prices, based on all the price reductions that are going on in department stores and discount stores, they've Mm. now become competitors to the off-price market. In other words, off-price has to take more markdowns 
of merchandise <laughs> they're already marking down to keep ahead of department stores and discount stores. Oh boy, everything's going south. Go ahead. Yeah. And remember that billions of dollars of orders canceled by retailers earlier this year? Guess what, yep. Robin? It's going to end up in off price. So this category will do really well in fourth quarter and also going into next year. Here's a crazy number. According to McKinsey, off price is set to grow five times faster than the full price segment from 2025 to 2030. Wow. Wow. Best Buy is another, uh, for the category specialist, Best Buy seems well positioned for the holidays in terms of 9% more stock. They have a current sales trend of down 9%, but remember, fourth quarter is huge for the electronics retailer. Lululemon is sitting on 85% more stock with only 29% more sales. Not sure we will see uh, some promotions here, maybe. American Eagle Outfitters, which is another one of my favorite players, has always done a great job with return on assets. They seem to be a bit overstocked at over 46% in stock. Um, sales are right now up 2%. So uh, the specialty store big winner, and I know you're tired of, of hearing this because I'm constantly talking about this company, but it's Ulta Beauty. I mean, Ulta Beauty, the sales and stock yeah. are right in line with each other, and the return on Assets is a smashing 23%. Ulta, yeah, Ulta is really a phenom phenomenon. And, and, you know, we've covered that a lot. Um, and, you know, they're terrific. So if I hear you right, Shelly, the big winners going into holiday, well, big is relative now, right? <laughs> going yeah. to holiday and dealing with uh, this big, bad double eyes are Ulta Beauty, Macy's, Walmart, Target, and Best Buy. Yeah. And you, you, you did not mention Amazon, although the inventory numbers would be tough, I think, to compare uh, with like retailers. Um, the marketplace is such a strong part of the business. So Walmart and Amazon are vying for, you know, first place in the top 100 U.S. retailers. Walmart to the first half of the year is at 294 billion. Amazon's at 240 billion. Um, so who do you think will be the top retailers in terms of volume coming out of 2022? Well, I think my prediction might surprise you. And oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you and I go back and forth on this all the time. And I always take one side and you take the other, but I'm going to switch it up today. Um, so we've been going back and forth on Walmart versus Amazon for about yeah. I don't know, 10 years. <laughs> um, but Amazon is going to exceed the 500 billion mark this year. That's my prediction. It's not a tough prediction to make. A lot of people can make that. No big insight there. Um, and Walmart, ready for this one? Walmart's going to hit over $600 billion yep. in 2022. So the headwinds that we've been talking about today for many retailers will be a tailwind for both these titans, for sure. Yeah, you know, Shelly, I am a bit surprised, um, <laughs> but I do believe, and I've said this before, that Walmart is better positioned to take advantage of the tailwind. Um, we shall see, but I, but you know, they got the new CEO in there. Uh, they, they're failing in their brick and mortar tests. Yeah, he's gonna put that aside because that's not his expertise. He built their club, you know, all of that stuff. They are 
managing through a plateau of the business. I think their growth is going to slow. Anyway, back to our topic. Um, at the end of the day, Shelley, you know, all we can hope for is an easing of the inflation, uh, inventory equilibrium, promotional discipline, an easing of gas, rent, healthcare, and food prices, no new spike of COVID, no new collapse in the supply chain, and some positive signs for an end of the war. So I don't think that's too much to ask for you, Shelley. <laughs> Are you kidding, Raman? I think if half of what you're hoping for happens, the industry will be lucky. <laughs> I agree. Totally agree. For our listeners, you can find more of our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Buzzsprout, and theronreport.com. Look for us on YouTube where the broadcast is pod is uh, our podcast is broadcast. Um, and follow us on social media, link in with us. Uh, follow us on Twitter for the latest thoughts about the industry. And I want to thank everybody once again. Thank you for joining us. Um, and as I've said before, if any of you have an idea or a topic that you would like Shelly and I to cover, please send me an email at robin at therobinreport.com. Thanks again.